Welcome to the Premier League Forever Forest podcast. Hello, welcome to the Forever Forest podcast. Uh, my name's Freebs. You may not have heard of me since, uh, oh God, when was it? Uh, 18th of February, I think, when we uh, got that draw with Man City. And for those of you thinking, oh, look at those posh bastards. They just went, oh, we've got a draw with City. Let's not do any podcasts anymore. Ah, it's just been life. Just life's got in the way. We've been enjoying other things and not enjoying other things. And, you know, you know, it's like we're, we're real people, we're real stuff going on. And um, until we start doing a subscription and asking you for £5 a word or something, uh, which is not what we want to do, this is how it will probably remain. So... Uh, we are back and we've just had a game on Friday for those of you who are not sure when what's happened on the weekend. If you're at a stag do, we've been walking a massive dog like one of my guests uh, with me today. Um, but we're going to start off by saying a quick hello to the lads and then we're going to go from there and uh, talk all things red and Nottingham based. So joining me, a friend of the show, somebody that you'll recognize from his dulcet, happy tones and his love of the half and half scarf. It's Kieran Curtis. Hello, Kieran. How are you feeling, son? Uh, um. I was going to say I'm doing well. I'm not, mate. I'm terrible. I'm uh, I'm nursing a two day hangover. Mm. Uh, I enjoyed. I, I watched our game on a mobile phone while also simultaneously watching a rugby match in Huddersfield that was also crap. Oh. Uh, um, and I'm just been absolutely soaked from the dog walk. So the only way's up. Did you tell them while you're in Huddersfield that you're in their their end for the playoffs and that you've tended to be a Huddersfield fan too? <laughs> I, I would have if any of them were there, mate. That town has been destroyed by Forest. There is nothing going on. There's just a lot of sad people staying indoors. I think lockdown's still in effect there or something. We have done an absolute job on Huddersfield Town and that could be a podcast in itself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Joining me, uh, do you know what? I've not even asked him where he's based in the minute or anything like that. It's just been, you know, just almost like an 18th century uh, gentleman perusing the streets of London in his in, in his happy carriage, looking for a bit of love for the evening, uh, but maybe further on than that. It's uh, Jamie Martin joining me. Hi, Jamie. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. How are you? I'm all right. Where are you, Jamie? Where are you in the minute? I am in Beeston, Nottinghamshire. So uh, nice little, it's nice on days where it's not raining like today. Um, right. but yeah, nice to go for a walk there. So for those people who are listening in who are going, oh, that's that bloke again who talks and it's that bloke with the dog and then thinking, hey, who's this? Who's this lad here? Tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you do? Uh, your connection, where's Forrest come from? And then if you can end it with your first game as well, we, uh, we just like to age you like a good tree with rings. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So um, I am a commentator for, for Nottingham Hospitals Radio. Uh, I've been commentating on Forrest since November 2021. Um, and it, I started at Notts County in um, summer 2021 so um, it wasn't going so great over there and then they said well would you like to go somewhere where it's going even worse over the other side of the Trent at Forest and I said um, yeah I'll do it nobody else wanted to and obviously that led to us to go to Wembley etc and I had some wicked wicked um, experiences with that and obviously Forest is my my club as well I support it because my dad told me to support Forest and I'm, I'm from Nottingham anyway so it will, it will yep. make sense um and uh yeah so i think that's the way you should do it if your dad supports a football club that's who you support but sure. um i've been watching forest on and off for quite a while because my dad kind of used to take me as a kid and then my brother was born and it was like you know take my brother instead um devastated i used to hate football when i was about six or seven maybe it's just because i was watching forest a lot um, <laughs> yeah it does that to you yeah i used to i literally used to force my dad to leave at half time because i just had no liking for football and then i joined dunkirk and i started to like it again 
But who were you um, watching that made you hate football? What were the kind of players who were playing for Forest at the time? I don't even know if it was, I, I think more like in a satirical way, but like, but in terms of what made me hate football, I just didn't enjoy the sport at all because right. I just used to sit there on a Saturday or Sunday at three o'clock and I'd be watching the TV. I'd be like, dad, this is rubbish. Mm. And then my stepdad of all people who wasn't into football took me to the park to play football, got me interested in it. And then I, as I say, went on to join Dunkirk and did a bit of that. And in terms of my first game at Forest, I can't, I can't really remember, as I say, because I just didn't, enjoy football when I was a kid when I was about six or seven makes sense now all right but yeah it makes sense now. the Guggen time yeah but then yeah because I've been going as I say on and off before um, and it must have been what late 2009 right and it was the Forest Ipswich game and there was barely any fans there no um, and, it, everyone and he scored that free kick Jamie everyone will tell you they saw that free kick live weren't they <laughs> oh yeah of course they'll tell you that it was a full stadium as well but you can look at the videos there's barely anyone there that's it. And we, we've got video footage of that now. So back when I first went to a game, I think there was someone doing it with one of those cameras that you put a wheel around. But let's um, let's come to such other tragedies, which first of all, so since we played Man City, uh, we've had four games, well, three, well, four, but three, but we're going to talk about one, if that makes sense. So there's some three before, but three before. Um, so since then, we went away to West Ham. We got an absolute topping, uh, the Danny Ings show. Uh, we got a draw at home with Everton, which we will discuss briefly. I'll probably give you one of these games each, lads, and then Tottenham as well away. And then we'll come into a bit more depth in Newcastle in a minute. Um, I'll start with you, Kieran, first of all. you remember back in the annals of time how you felt about West Ham away? Uh, what a collapse that was. Yeah. And I know, so I wasn't at the game, watching from afar, trying to keep up uh, via Twitter as well when my not-at-all dodgy stream went down. Um, Mine did as well that day, by the way, on a train back from a gig just in gold sequin jacket. So I feel your pain. You're gone. Continue. Lisa disagreed with me on this, but and I'm I'm inclined to believe her because like her, her, I think she, she was at the game, wasn't she? Her and Dan, both there. Yeah. I I couldn't help but draw uh, a conclusion that John Joe Shelby's gone off, and then we've just got absolutely hided. That uh, was the game, wasn't it? When Shelby went off and it yeah. all kinds of shit. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And it was just an absolute rout once he wasn't in the midfield. Now it is probably a stretch to say that that's you know, was all because of him. But I, I still look look at the evidence now and think, right, we lost the midfield as soon as he wasn't there anymore. Concerning. That's what's concerning. always going to stay with you about West Ham away. And, and again, another away game with no points. Uh, and then we came to the 5th of March, Everton at home. Jamie, do you need to add anything to West Ham before I ask you what you thought about the Everton at home game? Other than that, it was probably my worst day out ever. Then, uh, not really, no, to be honest. It was right, just let's move on to time. Yeah, pre-game, let's do that. Expecting a win pre-game, hoping for a win, and then the draw in the end didn't seem that bad, or did it? What do you think? I think um, to expect to win, in the, given the position we were in after that, was would be unfair. So, to be honest, I knew that Sean Dyche, considering how much he'd watched Forrest, by the way, throughout oh, the season, he knew probably a little bit of how we were going to come out, the people to watch out for. And, you know, he's probably spoken to Steve Cooper on numerous occasions. So he'd already had a bit of his due diligence done for him, really. Um, but I thought we could get something from the game, you know, maybe a win. But I was always going to say a draw. Um, but they're just a, they're a tough team to play against when, when they're really, really in a good mentality, you know, like they are. And I feel like for me, they're going to stay up because they've got someone like Sean Dyche there who just galvanises them and just kind of... Um, uses his his years of managerial experience to make it difficult for any other team to beat them mentally. They were winning the mental game for a lot of that. 
Um, I, I, but, think the first, I think the first thing he did, so to interrupt you, was was shut the crowd up. We were pretty quiet yeah. the doors, and I think he probably knew from all the times he'd been to the games the power of that crowd and getting them going or giving Forrest them chances that keep everyone on the toes. And they killed that early doors, didn't they? Yeah. And that was, again, he's winning the mental game on and off the pitch, really. Um, and the players were starting to lose the rag a little bit. And, you know, you could tell, you could tell with, I think it was their left back that was a bit of, I can't remember. Is it Godfrey? Is it? Um, yeah. I thought Coleman come across a bit of a douche. Yeah. Well. Coleman. <laughs> yeah. But they're just winding up, aren't they? But that, yeah. But that is what he does. And it clearly worked. Obviously, the penalty, I don't know how malicious that penalty was, but it was definitely a penalty. Mm. Um, but they were just winning that mental side of it, to be honest. So, yeah. But by the end of it, we take the two, we, you know, we take the points at the end of it, I guess we do. And, you know, I think the reason that most of us feel a bit antsy with those home games that we don't get three is because we know how hard it is to go away for being Forest at the minute and we're getting nothing. So, Kieran, over to you, Tottenham Hotspur away. Were you expecting anything pre? And is there any part of it, small part, with how the goals came about and what happened in the game that is a bit still like, oh, what could have been in a sense or not? Well, just before I move on to Spurs, mate, I do want to just touch on Everton. Just oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah, go for just, it. Just, just for a moment. Um, one, re- return of Brian Yates, massive. Like, yeah. spun that game for us. Uh, two, second shitty route one goal that we've conceded against Everton. Yeah. Clear your lines. Like, twice. Yeah. Twice that's happened to us. And one of them was before they were a Route 1 team. Um, <laughs> I, there, there must be a memo out now across the league, which is don't shoot if you get it near the forest box. Just take touches. They will bring you down. They will do something stupid. How many penalties are we going to give away? It's it, it it's starting to get on my wick. At first, I was that with Newcastle. Don't go too yeah. Deep next right. Well, yeah, we'll we'll get to that. But uh, Everton for me was a frustrating one. It was my first home game of the season, mm. and do you know what? There were some blessings to it. Um, my old man was having heart surgery. Uh, his surgery got delayed by two three days, uh, so he could actually come to the game with us. So me and him got a home um, Premier League game. That's the first time we could we've said that since the nineties. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was that was very much enjoyable. Delighted that Yatesy came on, um, salvaged a point for us. Going to continue my apologies to to Brennan Johnson because at one point I was saying can he carry us? Now he looks like the only thing that can. Um, so, go on, Brennan. Don't don't go running into any more ad hoardings, mate. We need you fit. Um, Spurs. The Tottenham was not a nice day to be. Brennan looked like he'd probably injured himself, and God knows why. Yeah. Again, it was it, it was one of those games where before it, no Conte about Spurs being Spurs and me being a deluded Forest fan. So like, yeah, maybe, maybe you never know. Yeah, they shut us up nice and quick again. It's away from home. Away from home, we just. I've I've got to stop conning myself. We aren't value for a point away from home at at this stage. We are only looking at home games keeping us up right now. For I think yeah, we'll come. We'll come to how many we think we need, etc. With that, but um, it it is. It's it's getting harder and harder to see where it comes from and what goes on with it, but. It's Forrest, though. They, they pull you into that sort of thing of going, oh, it could happen, blah, blah, stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Because I want to save a lot of this more for Newcastle. But um, just briefly on Tottenham before we come to that big game there, Jamie, any more on the Tottenham result and how you felt about that one overall? 
I just thought that one man, I say one man, I mean, you've got to give uh, credit to Hoiberg because he was brilliant. I thought Eric Dyer was terrible, by the way. I still think he's terrible, regardless of if, if Tottenham won. I think they need to sell him. But Oliver Skip was unreal. I just think that he had all of our midfielders on toast. Mm. Um, and they knew how to, you know, to to wind Shelby up a little bit, get him to make the odd foul. And we just got caught on the counter-attack so many times, way too easily. Um, you know, there's one where, like, Dennis went down on the edge of their box. And they still came back on the counter-attack, you know, with Richarlison over on the right wing and literally ran the whole span of our pitch. I mean, that shouldn't be our half even. That shouldn't be allowed to happen, really. That's been happening since Man City, hasn't it? At least I could yeah. think of, you know, we had that free kick and then they go down there and score the sixth, whatever it was. So I think we'll we'll wind that up a bit into the whole um, sort of diagnosis of uh, diagnosis Newcastle. There you go. That's the name right now of the pod. We always try and find it somewhere in the middle of it. Diagnosis Newcastle. Uh, what I will add to this is I actually weirdly prefer doing these games when we haven't done them for a while, Kieran, because I tell you what, Everton pissed me right off at home. Doesn't hurt half as much now. <laughs> <So sometimes, laughs> it still annoys me looking back. Oh yeah, that was a game of fucking listen. But like, I'm going, West Ham really, really peppered me off. And I'm going, Oh yeah, four 0 West Ham. Yeah, yeah. It's just that little bit of distance sometimes helps. Probably not for immediacy in terms of doing a podcast, but uh, yeah. Friday, the Geordies came down in their numbers as they always do. do you know, I'll always say this: Stuart Pierce's testimonial about ninety-seven, something like that. Um, and Newcastle brought a team under Kevin Keegan, and even for that testimonial, they absolutely sold it out. Sunderland did the same. The Northeast does travel well. Whatever you might think of their. Uh, they're God-given right that they think they're a big, you know, we haven't won since Wardrobe Pert and all that kind of stuff. I kind of weirdly like it. They haven't won anything for a long time. I think it keeps them honest. Uh, but they came in the good numbers, obviously doing what they do. And you have to say, pre the game, they're a team that's not been on the same form they were at major parts of the season, but they're still a strong unit. And I, what I will say, and I'll probably come to you first with this, Kieran, is there's a, well, it depends which side of the fence you're on. Are they a fall on the floor, very annoying team to play against because they're diving about everywhere? Are they smart? Are they cute? Are they a bit nasty? Because, uh, you know, there's a lot of their players I thought come across as probably that streak that you need to be doing stuff in this league and to be in the top flight. Overall, you can drip it into the game itself, not just a preamble. What did you make in Newcastle as a side? Because Lisa just said on the radio, she thinks they're the best side she's seen at the City Ground this year. Yeah. I didn't think they were that good. I I didn't get that vibe at all. Um, firstly, just addressing your Newcastle fans coming down in numbers. I've been out in Newcastle a number of times I can count on one hand. Mm. And every single time I've been punched. And I don't think I've deserved any of them. Uh, so I can't blame people for wanting out of that town at any opportunity that they can get. So, uh, yeah, I'm not surprised. Um yeah, I I didn't think they were anything too special. I thought coming into the game with our track records of 1-0 to the Forest at home, uh, that it was as good a time as any to play them. They were still licking a few wounds um, following the, the cup final disappointment. And I don't think they were spectacular in the early exchanges. I think we've on a forest to be honest we've just we've just given them a little bit too much respect at moments that have cost us quite seriously um what you mean the end of both halves yeah yeah we thought the job was done and it wasn't and one shout out Emmanuel Dennis what a finish uh I I didn't see that coming I neither did I mate um he looks lighter to me that, that's the first time I've seen him in a little while, and he looked very slight. Um, not that he was heavy before, but... No, I know what you mean. 
Yeah, but but either way, good finish. Um, I'm still not convinced. Uh, it, for a striker, he doesn't or winger, whatever position we want to call him, he doesn't seem to want to carry the ball forward too much. Keenan right. Davis, he ain't. He's lacking, uh, I think, in lots of ways. I think even though that goal was a very confident finish, I think he's he's human. He must read things. He must see things. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm yeah. going to switch it briefly. Jamie, where were you? I mean, obviously, half time was a different thing. So we all felt a little bit deflated at the timing of the goal, and obviously by the end of the game, just a general overall synopsis before we dig a bit deeper into sort of individual players and things like that. We never really try and pick on them on the pod, but just a bit of an idea of what's making Forest gel and not at the minute. How was your overall feeling uh, leaving the ground at the end? Without obviously, it's a defeat at home. We don't want that. But how did you feel? I actually wasn't at the ground um, on that game, so I don't. I don't want to be absolutely rinsed for this. I did watch it on a again a not so dodgy stream. Um, so yeah, it was. Oh, a, you I'm, know, I'm was... nearly always in London. Don't worry about not being yeah. there. I'm always bloody miles away. That's why I've struggled this season. <laughs> I was going to say, please, mer- like, give me mercy, guys. I'm sorry. Um, but no, you're talking to a bloke in near Manchester and a bloke on the south coast. So you know, you've probably been to a lot more than us. So keep going with that. Yeah, it was. It, it was, you know, I, I, agree, I agree with what Kieran said. I don't think that Newcastle were the greatest side to come to the Seagrant. I, I really, I think, I think probably Everton played better than um, the what what Newcastle did in some respects. Um, because you know, I mean, to concede the way they did is not. A, I I wouldn't say it's a very Newcastle thing to do this season. I thought it was one of their poorer performances. Um, but the difference is they've got a massive Swede up front who's known as Alexander Isak. So, you know, he is going to be the difference for Newcastle this season. You give that kid the ball and he's going to score, you know, and regardless of, you know, it was a, a penalty or whatever. And it was a shame we gave that away, especially in the time that we did. And I did almost break my tablet when that happened, but I resisted. Um, you know, it was, he, he's just so difficult to come up against and to to give credit to Felipe. And, you know, I think the defence were actually quite good I thought considering. I thought, I just think Felipe's really good. And I thought after that Tottenham game, He's he, he's played okay so far, and that Tottenham game, I thought that's a big dip, and that's not like him, um, you know. And Worrell got a lot of stick for actually some of the mistakes that Felipe made. I thought, mm. um, which is not to say go and attack Felipe now. That's more just to say. Let's just know, hey, hey, about attack no one. How about we can have yeah. your opinions? That's all fine. I'm sure you agree with us on this one. But the whole the badge of honour some twats were wearing, going Joe Joe Worrell blocked me, fucking idiot. So I haven't been on here since then. Do you know what? He unblocked me because I left him alone. And, and just this is it as well. It's like I saw some people going. I actually saw someone tweet, and I'm not going to name name names or anything. Aaron Curtis. It, hey, I've been on my hiatus for a good four months now. Okay, well, so I've been getting sucked in though. I've I deleted my tweet saying I'd quit because I I keep feeling the rage bubble up and that I'm going to tweet. So that's what Twitter is, though, isn't it? I saw someone saying I didn't know my consequences that I had actions. Oh my god, Joe Warrell blocked me. I, th- I felt yeah. like deleting Twitter that day because I was like, that just sums it up. Yeah. He's a human being, for God's sake. Oh, what, you know, but, but, but on to the, as I say, on the Newcastle game, I thought thought they were all good. I think for me, though, the only thing I would have said, and I know I'm saying this in hindsight, and this is nothing to do with the handball, mm. but I, I don't know if I would have started Moussa Nierkarte for me. I thought he did okay, but I just think it was, I thought it'd be a bit of a risk, to be honest. Mm. I don't know, I don't know the, the health department at Forest. I'm not going to judge them, you know, whatever, but... I thought maybe bring him on in 60, 70, give him a little bit of game time or something. Um, but Are you surprised to see um, Brennan? Because, you know, we're hearing things about him having a knock in that game, just getting him through the game or, you know, don't give me any eyes or anything because I won't sell you down the river. But were you surprised to see Brennan? <laughs> you can say no comment. Um, yeah, I was really shocked um, to, you know, to have seen him come, especially after that, that groin strain. Yeah. I knew it wasn't going to be six to eight weeks like people were saying. I mean, that was just... No. I don't know where that actually came from. 
Um, but the, uh, the other one for me is Gibbs White. I, I'm a massive fan of him, but I think that was one of his poorer games, personally. I think it was a lot of wayward balls, a lot of... Because his style of play is a little bit headless chicken in some ways when it works really well. And that's a no way a knock on a, one of the greatest, mm. one of the best talents I've seen in a red shirt for a long time in terms of a natural gifted talent. But part of it for me, I just play him loose. I like him loose. I like him flying around. But when it doesn't work, he does look like a bloke running around just going bloody hell. If he mislays a few passes, doesn't he? We yeah, can't have so we can't have too many players in that free role. That's the problem. No. Brennan Johnson has been told since last year, you can do what you want. You can't have Brennan and uh, Morgan Gibbs White doing whatever they want. The no. Everton the Everton game looked like we tried to solve that a bit by having I mean the, the goal in the first half for us was Chris Wood on point. Mm. And you've got Gibbs White making a nuisance of himself, really neat one too. And then Brennan, the floating part. Mm. So I didn't know whether that Wood tactic was something we might have started to see a little bit more because it worked with him as a fulcrum. Um alas, that hasn't unfolded. Um, but do but yeah. you, to whoever, whoever wants to take this one on do you think Forrest are we were saying it on the, again we, we often talk on this one Jamie about things we've just said on the radio because things come up as good points and obviously mm. some people don't listen to both so you can get and get away with it do you think Forrest are kind of like you know they say about racehorses or athletes where they've got those absolutely fine tunings to them in some ways that if in the slightest little bit of wrong air or mustard in the air it could be anything random can set them about I was saying on there that I think Forrest at the minute they're never going to get the team they want as it stands because of all the bloody injuries. So you kind of go in, I need a core that works. Now for me, Ryan Yates is one of them. Uh, for me on form, you know, Brennan's one of them. Gibbs White on his day can be one of them. Now I think you can sort of patch others around. You know, you had the thing with uh, Danilo, Danilo coming in. You've had the thing with, um, you know, Froiler and Mangala and God knows what. And I think in some ways you can sort of move a few of them lads around in a sense, but keep the core. I thought that finally tuned to where the center of them is. That if you take one or two of them having an even a half off game, the whole shit goes to bang. You know, is it like is that how we look at the minute? Because we're either a five nil or scraping a one nil at the minute. We don't do in betweens, from what I can see. Yeah, yeah. I, I, to be honest, it's like when you take Brennan out, it's it's hard to see who's going to go in his place. And weirdly, I thought that maybe Scarp would get a bit more game time. And by the way, I'm not going to be one of those people that goes. He's our savior. You know, he's he's the the greatest. How is he not getting game time? He deserves it so much. Or when people say near, the same about near Carty, it's like, well, he hasn't really played much, which, okay, you know, you could say is down to Cooper not giving him that, giving him that game time. We know he's had other stuff going on. Now we Scarpa. know that. So, yeah, Scarpa. I was saying Pri as well. How foresty is it? Of all the things you could have said that takes a player out, it is cryptocurrency fraud. I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And having to literally go over to Brazil for for one day and then fly back. Yeah. And that's a very foresty thing that if you'd have given us all the things in the world about toe injuries and, you know, you have people stretching for control pads in the past and doing their knee. And it's like, I, the thing with Scarpa for me is it's not just about the Instagram and the Rubik's Cubes and the, and I like all that because I don't like footballers often with, you know, you got the headphones on walking and I like a bit of humanity in them. And I think he's got tons of it. The bloke just, he just reeks of human, human life and, and good vibes. Right. But he's attacking. And, and whenever I've seen him, yeah, I still think sometimes, you know, the game is it a big step from where he's come from Palmeiras and whatnot. But I like, I just like the general feel of the bloke, you know? And, and that's what I think Forrest, it must be a hard balance, isn't it? Because we let a goal, I'll come to you with this really briefly, Kieran. We let a goal in. I don't think Forrest are always just sit back on it. Look at home to Fulham, Bournemouth, we're a two up and we've buggered them up in their own ways. We just tend to be getting our wins as scrappy at the minute, don't we? And if it's a loss, it's it's usually something tragic coming along or it's, it's a real... Can't put my hands on it at the minute. How we how we sort of sitting? 
it's the drama of football, mate. That's just what it is. Like we were never going to sit pretty and be comfortable before the final game. We're yeah, going to drag Leeds, this look out. at Leeds at Wolves. Could you see us scoring that load of goals like that? At the minute, could you see Forest scoring three or four in a game? No, <laughs> no, I couldn't. Jamie, okay. just, I'm checking them yeah. out. Nuts, because, and why not? If that's the case. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't. That's a silly question, but what, why are we not scoring three and four in games then? Not enough touches in the box. Not enough shots. Um, we're taking... We're being clinical when moments are there, which is commendable. But just got to create more. Get the ball forward. I, I don't know how you guys feel, but I, one away from home, I can't solve that. I, I, Steve Cooper can't solve it. Kira Curtis sat in his study in Oldham, definitely can't. Um, but at home, Everton, what looked weird for me for the first half of that game was just the gap between attack and defence. Mm. So whereas last, yeah, well, whereas last season you knew full well that if we get the ball out quickly, it's going down a, a wing via a wing back. Mm. Whereas now, like, I certainly don't get that confidently with Lottie on the left. I'm not having to go at him as a player, by the way. We are having to play differently to how we did last year. Just yeah. pointing out the outlets aren't the same. Aurier, he, he does fancy a run, like, uh, and I will give him that. I'll just again, say, since Chelsea, when he scored, there was about four games in a row where he was shooting for bloody everywhere. Yeah. Like, Stop <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, go but, on. He's, but he's not Jed Spence either in terms of... Um, I'd that's, argue Jed Spence isn't even really. Jed Spence anymore. Well, how would you know? Are you watching the French league? Love a bit of La France Ligue. <laughs> correct. C'est bon. Ligue 1. Ligue 1. Ligue 1. That says um, everything. You know, I think we have been spoilt by two very different seasons in terms of the play that we're watching. That's for certain. Of course we have. And the standard of the opposition is incredibly different. Oh, yes. um, but in that, that game, it was one of those games where Jack Colback was having a blip. And that's really rare. That Everton game, he looked leggy and he wasn't with his man. Whereas normally you could rely on him to just be a pain in the arse and be on someone's shoulder mm. non-stop. But because we weren't disrupting the flow in midfield and we didn't have people who were able to sprint around the outside and allow Brennan um, or Gibbs White or someone to make a, a higher run that, that took the defenders with them, the space just isn't there. Mm. So what we end up is we've got defenders that don't really want to come forward. We've got midfielders that are having to worry about can they keep pace with someone for the entirety of a game? So maybe they're holding back because Shelby and Colback are not 90 minute box to box players. That's not going to happen with them. That They have not got that in the tank. Um, so when we don't have a Yatesy, it's really obvious. Mm. That does raise the question mark about what's Danilo done. Um, would like to maybe see him a little bit more involved. Maybe would like to see Mangala sort himself out because he's had a bit of a, a dip in form as well. Kieran, would, you take, would, you, would you take Lewis O'Brien right now in your team? Uh, shout out to him. He's finally got his move. By the I way, know, I saw that's, today. That's just, would, would, you, would you have him in, in your start in, in your squad? Uh, it's probably not because I haven't got the evidence to back that up. Oh, I did, I, I, I did have a time. Jamie, help me out. How would you not help me out? You're going to bat me with it. Where would you stand <laughs> on O'Brien playing? In that, in that, he makes the squad for me at the minute. I, I think that if you want my ideal midfield right now, if I didn't put Scarpa where Shelby is, because I think in terms of like the long balls that they kind of like spray out, they're not, I can't say they're similar. The they're obviously very different. Wings. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, but for me, it would be like, it would be Yatesy, Mangala, 
at the moment because I'd like to see Mangala get more game time. Yates, Mangala, and then Lewis O'Brien because I just think he's quite quick. He's agile. He's forward thinking. Puts the ball out to the wings um, or or whoever's in front of him. And I just he doesn't really break down that counter attack. And I know he wasn't obviously he didn't play that many games, but there was a stat out somewhere on Twitter. I saw it today. Um, and he was, you know, he was he, he's got good stats for Forrest when he's played. I think that he had a bit of a yeah, he might have had a bit of an issue with with Morgan at Leicester, and maybe I'm just that's just from what I saw on screen, but it didn't look like they had a great relationship. So mm. you know, I don't know. And the Freuler thing, Kieran, you're going on about right there. Again, we we don't ever try and dig in straight on someone with it, but I I'm not gonna be an aftertimer, the old Steve Bunce thing, but I've I've kind of told myself that people that I thought knew more about things that came with me were just saying, oh, Freud does that stuff you don't see. But I never saw it. And I'm kind of feeling a bit like now that might be happening with the case that no one's seen it. I think you're about to say that, were you, Kieran? Yeah, again, he, he wasn't linking up attacking play. He's not breaking down everything that's coming his way. He, I, I will give him, he looks passionate. He looks fired up when he's on the pitch. But that's... You know, I could look fired up on the pitch. I'm not going to contribute anything. Newcastle, especially, you'd be very fired up on the floor. <laughs> but you know, what? I'm going to do a bit of a random one here, which I like to do with it. So, let's say everyone's back. We'll, we'll talk about what might happen in the international break. Let's say everyone's back. I want you chaps to give me your keeper and your back four. Let's go. He's going to play the position we're going to play. We'll start with you, uh, Jamie. Give me your keeper and your back four if you had everyone available. It's hard because Navas has obviously been in a bit of a worst defensive predicament I would say I'm still going to say Henderson by the way Jamie just so you know I'm going to think it's a future thing as well yeah because obviously I want Henderson to stay Mm. I'm going to I'm going to say Henderson had more games though Navas Um, even if we stay up though Navas won't stay I don't think well no uh, yeah but I've 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 enjoyed seeing him at Forest that's you know a spectacle I would do anything for Um, for me my back four would be Aurier Bolly Felipe and Lodi yeah, that's my that's my back four. And Kieran, can I have your keeper in four? Um, controversial. I'm going Kalor. I I like him. I think he's the best goalkeeper I've ever seen. <laughs> okay, genuinely, he's Where just. Did you uh... go for a dog walk through a hallucinogenic mushroom field? <laughs> I'm, I'm not knocking Kalor at all. I can't. You know, I'm not going to start knocking. Mate, Kaylor I, I, look again. This this also might be me being a bit. Um, conscious of the fact I, I, I get what you're saying in this hypothetical scenario Dean Henderson comes back as if he never left off um, let's see what but, he's doing but I, I, I do think Kalo's been great since he's come in um, there's not been an, a goal really that I'm like maybe the Everton um, second he could have I think he was just shocked by how many how many people didn't want to fucking bother. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I don't really think he's I don't really think he's set a foot wrong. Um, I he he makes me feel confident in in being in between sticks, so I'm sticking with him. I mean, um, right. I mean, no disrespect, you know, Jordan Smith would have been a very different option to either of those two blokes, you know. So I, I think we're looking at uh, you know that way. So don't forget Wayne Hennessy, lads. Have you forgotten about Wayne? I think the world kind of has really sadly, and it, I think you know, bless him. Feel for Wayne, I know, I know. For him. shame for Wayne. But he had a World Cup at least, and did. Really I am still torn between as as much as I say, Dean. I, I see Kieran's, but I've, I'm a massive, yeah, massive like Kalor Navas fanboy, by the way. I said right. to my friend, if he comes to Forest, I will do anything. Um, but Dean, I think Dean, before he got injured, had like the most saves outside the top four of any old You moved on quick. Pray. You told so, your friend you'd do anything. And then, yeah. he, then he arrived. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and I just I'm still waiting for him to say now. 
Yeah, is it, we got. I don't know. I was going to say we got any update on Henderson, but I, I will talk about injuries later on. Uh, go on, then, Kieran. The rest of your four are they as controversial as you're uh, picking the international three times European Cup winner? <laughs> very, mate. Very. Now, uh, Oriate right back. He uh, waltzes into that that position for me. Not the um, uh, greatest. Oh no, Omar Richards of the side, isn't he? I forgot because I've never seen him bloody play. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He'll be like a new signing. Um. On the left, um, I would go Renan. Um, again, he does have a he does have a, a decent pedigree and a good good quality to him. Felipe, without a doubt, the first centre back in there for me. Um, he, he's been an absolute beast. You think he almost looks like he used to play for Simeone at centre back in Atletico's team? He, looks, he does a bit, doesn't their he? Fans were a bit. I was looking at a lot of Spanish stuff when he's going. Going, I'll drive him to Nottingham. Now, obviously, they're on a slightly different curvature to us, aren't they, of what their expectations probably are. But I was like, that guy is quality. I mean, you know, Ideal. Ideal for who's us. Who's with him? Because I think I like the sign of Bolly as well. I think Bolly mm. has looked like the absolute glue in the games he's been in. Yeah, Bolly. I, I, I agree with that. Um, I think everyone else has had moments. Like, I, 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 do, I, do. I do I do love Joe. I, I, I'm not someone that's going to jump on his back but there are mistakes um but that's been true of pretty much everyone that's been in that back line at some point this season even Bolly's had a couple of moments but um isn't it a sad indictment of modern life that you're able to check someone's twitter account see if they're blocked by joe world see if they're telling the truth or not <laughs> uh let's move on to the midfield then i guess we're going to be playing uh let's just go with a home sort of one again the cut very similar for us is what they do they haven't got that transition the same as last year of going between the three and the five at the back and things like that so what are you doing with your midfield i know you sort of told us there jamie but in context of this that you've got so far who are you going for uh your midfield men so of who we've got now or uh, sorry. no who if any just... everyone was available uh... I know it's never gonna happen this season but you know uh yeah i was gonna say i think Koyate. Um, yeah, he looked. I'm, yeah. I owe him an apology because I thought that looked like a man who was a spider who was just not <laughs> going to be working. But my God, we've kind of missed him. He, he don't look far off, does he? No, I think probably what, like maybe two, two, three weeks max, probably. I don't, yeah. I think he's training. I don't know if he's training with the first team yet, but is yeah. he training with the first team? It's just good to, to see him. I think he would be brilliant to have back. Um, because he just, just runs so much. Mm. And he can't do it for the full game, admittedly. I mean, he is what thirty-three now. Um, Ooh, to be thirty-three says the forty-two-year-old Ryan. But yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah but you know what I mean. It, I do. For a footballer, thirty-three, he's, he's done it for a long time in the Prem, um, West Ham and Crystal Palace. So he would be in there. Yates, without a doubt, um, because he's just his ethic is just unreal. His mentality demands a standard from not just his midfield but everybody um, within the squad. So I like him a lot. He's a good leader. It's just that third spot for me that that kind of because I want to put Mangala in there because I really want to see him succeed because I know it was a while ago that Everton game he was brilliant the West Ham game I thought oh we've got a real real good midfielder here and there's been kind of like little glimpses of it but obviously injury and other things have stopped I think he's a bit small Jamie potentially do you think is it, there is a size thing with him I know you haven't always got to be the biggest in this and Kieran's going to be staring at me if I say this about being slightly smaller but it's uh, do you, I sometimes think that's the only thing I can see with him maybe. Yeah, perhaps, but I I wouldn't say it halts him much physically because I think he actually holds the ball pretty well, um, and he's got a really good vision. He was he was obviously instrumental in that twenty pass goal against Man City, and I think that's yeah. why I like him linking up the play because he actually does move the ball from the defense to you know further up the pitch and tries to get it to the attack. So 
Um, that's why I like him. So I'm I'm going to put him, Koyate and Yates um, in, in my midfield, I think. Kieran, you've got Ryan Yates. Who else are you going for? Uh, I hate Ryan Yates. I find it I find it hilarious then. But anyway, go on. Uh, I, I'm going Yates. I'm going Shelby. And uh, of the options that we've got, um, I don't think he fits the system sitting so deep because uh, really you've got to make the choice between Scarpa or Gibbs White, really. Um, and yeah, that's, I struggle that... with my formations because I've gone my midfielders also my forwards at the minute, but I'm going to try and yeah. keep them. I mean, re- realistically, Yatesy and Shelby are the ones that are just they're waltzing into that team for me. So who's my... doing the grunt work for you? What out of those ones, Yatesy? Well, just Yatesy for that though, yeah. Yatesy, yeah. you DM me. He needs he needs a partner. So mm. if Koyati was fit, great. Um, you can have him. You can have anyone if it's fit. yeah. Let's go Koyati. Okay. And then does this write itself, Jamie, the, the forward line? Does it? That's the, yeah, that's the, because I got, my three would be, um, we know Brennan. Two, we? Yeah. Is it, is it? Yeah. I think it should be. Brennan yeah. and Morgan. Brennan, Brennan Morgan. I don't even think that's a question um, anymore, but I'd have Morgan on the left and then I'd have Sam Surridge. Um, I would, that's what I would like to see. That's what I would like to see mm. um, in terms of what, what I would probably have, though, just because he's got more experience, would be Tywo, Jono, and um, and Morgan Gibbs White. For you me. know, what? I completely forgot about Tywo completely. Uh, and I'll say justice for Tywo, like it's oh, feel for him. I mean, I there was a point at the start of the season when someone was on about this. I saw this thing on Twitter about the percentage change in it was either to do with difficulty or what you could expect from someone from Bundesliga to La Liga to uh, Ligue 1 and all that kind of stuff to the Premier League and saying if you've got 20 goals in the in the French top flight on average you would probably maybe get 10 in the Premier League stuff like that it was all kind of like and if you go from Germany to this it was showing the difficulty level as it were now, I think Tyro got something like 15 last season something like mm. that I think it was Union Berlin wasn't it um, so I wasn't expecting big guns because I've seen a lot of his goals remind me very um, a, a bit of Sombolonga-ish very like roll it on the floor straight and he'll be clinical or smash it in and I just didn't see us getting all those chances this year so I was happy with him getting anywhere near 10 you know but he's just he went on a bit of a spree didn't he, he looked alright and even I even remember that game when he when he got the injury he was all like happy after he was having a bit of a chat and I thought oh it's not that bad and he was like oh bloody hell not a yeah exactly it's yeah. a pretty bad one Kieran are you uh, chucking in uh, a one a year as well with uh, Gibbs and Brennan or something else no, I'm going Mighton, Wood, and Dennis. Beautiful. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's definitely Brennan. It's definitely Morgan. Um, without a doubt, our best striker this season has been um, Taiwo. If he's fit, he's he's got to be the man. He just... the, the next best one after that is Sam Surridge, isn't it? Well, again, then that... You've I got find it's very what... difficult the way he's not... You've got to look at how, how we play because, like, I'm still convinced that plan B and certainly the last 10, 15 minutes of games that we're chasing, we need someone like Shelby or Scarpa to start peppering some balls into the box for someone like Chris Wood to get onto. Mm. But given that we don't do that, Wood probably isn't the, the, the backup. So Surridge, given the way... Gibbs White and Brennan like to play. Surridge is probably the link man there. Mm. Uh, so he, he'd be the more logical choice. Intelligent player, man. I see some of the... Was it, I can't remember which game it was he put that ball through in particular. Was it... Remind me, lads. It was, was it a win? Was it a home win? Was it against Leeds or something, I think? 
Uh, Sam just looked so I've probably got that completely wrong. Um, interesting. I know I said Jesse Lingard, by the way. Um, right. <laughs> Sorry, Kieran. Just I, do you know what? Like that Jesse at the start of the season, I, and I stand by it. I think in the changing room, in the training ground, he'll have had a positive impact. I'm certain of it. On the pitch, yeah, he's not really lived up to it. And as much as TalkSport or anyone want to ho- hold it over our heads, I don't think we've lost out a huge amount in it. 10 million, one season, fine. fine. And I think the club have got a, a, a part of what they wanted because he does create that good mentality and I'm sure he's built good friendships between players. And I think everybody, a lot of those players would have wanted to have met someone like Jesse Lingard because he's Jesse Lingard. Mm. Yeah, he is, yeah. And, and obviously that's not what you're paying money for and... We would have wanted to get more game time out of him, but he's got a lot of stuff going on in his life with yeah. mental health that I think will actually probably not end his career, but it will definitely hinder this kind of top flight thing because... Make him less bothered about continuing down the route of glory and the things that other players may do because he's got bigger fish to fry. He's done own. a lot. He's done a lot. You know, he's been under Sir Alex. He's won a European trophy with Manu. He's won a lot of trophies with Manu and he's done a good amount, made a lot of money and he's got his kid and his mom. And I think that's all he really cares about now. So I just wish him all the best, but it hasn't worked out Forrest and you just got to take it on the chin. That's it. So right, you that's... watch him, you watch him caught with a big goal now. Oh, and there'll be a moment. There'll be a Man moment. United, Man United at home, isn't it? I mean, that's actually <laughs> giving my first home game of the season. It's the first one I've actually been able to not do a gig on and stuff like that. So I'm coming up for that one, which I can't wait for. So, well, I say if there's ever a side I've been fucking sick of this year, it's Man United. It's just like, Jesus Christ. Every one thing you have to play four times, bloody United. Anyway, um, we've got a break coming up now. So there is a chance for some players to come back. Um, I, I don't know where you both stand there. I'll probably start with you, Kieran. Um, is this the time now where you do sort of batten the hatches and you sort of say, right, this is what it is now, lads. We've got a target of what it is. You know, what's bygone is big bygones. Obviously, Cooper knows who he trusts. He's got his men, which we can all see and everyone thinks, you know, from what we've seen this season. Is this the la- I think this is probably the last international break, is it? Is there maybe one more? I think, I think it should be the last one. Yeah, isn't I think it? this is the last one. Is this where you just get the bannermen in and go, this is what we need? We, th- you know, because I said this on the radio on, everyone forgets other teams have got to play fixtures. We all do it. Every one of them teams from 12th to 20th right now is going, fuck me, this is tight, right? It is tight. There's never, I, they were saying the stat today, it's not been this tight ever after this so many games, right? How you can go from bottom to sort of 12th, more or less, in about a game and a half. So every team is looking at it going, shit, this is dangerous. Now, we're looking at it that way because we're Forest. We know we don't really, you know, Palace are bloody awful at the minute. There's so many teams that are just flapping about and not doing much. A lot of them got to play each other. A lot of fixtures. We have got some tough ones. We've got some really big ones as it stands. Is this where you just roll them all in, Kieran, and just go to yourself, lads, we've got a target of this, or is it just get as many wins as you can? Or, you know, does he just put his arms around the ones he know he really can trust, but they might get injured the next game? You know, just at what attitude do you got with this? Because I think this is a really important time for Forrest for the international break about what they do with the mentality as much as anything. Well, we've just touched on the, pretty much the whole squad in naming our best 11, uh, or what we each consider our best 11. Now, you could probably rule the goalkeepers out of that if we go down. Uh, you can look at some of those defenders, probably not going to be there maybe if we go down. Um, uh, I think these lads are playing for their future. Do you want to play in the Premier League next season with Nottingham Forest? Or do you want to maybe play in the Premier League next season for whichever other team? Sheffield United. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Sheffield United, Norwich. Like, you know, um, there's a... I think it will hurt players, you know, your shelvers in this world. And then he didn't want that relegation on his record. 
He's had a couple, hasn't he, in the past? Yeah, I don't, did he have the Newcastle one? Or did he join them after? I'll have to check the stats. I think he did have the Newcastle one, didn't he? I think he was. I think yeah. he was down there, you know. He was there about well, five or six years, yeah. He's definitely in a Wonga shirt at some point. Um, I, I, Realistically, that is it. You're, you're playing for your future, lads. And it's not just your future with the club. It's beyond that. Where are you going next? Are you, are you Did you play in an unsuccessful side that mm. got relegated? Or you don't want blood, guts and glory necessarily. And it, it's a just, I don't want to play like a Sean Dyche team. I want us to play. You'd take it though for 11 games, wouldn't you, Kieran? If it come, every goal was off someone's arse and it was 1-0 or 0-0, you'd bloody take it. Of course I would. Of course I would. But that's the problem with football. Uh, <laughs> we all have our ideals and we will shill them out for the Premier League money. Um, one or two games where we win 3-0. I just want to feel that glory of going, it's not even glory, just the satisfaction of going, it's all right. Not I'll let it be Arsenal at home. Oh, because <laughs> I live with an Arsenal fan who's already telling me it's now over and they've won it. Now, might be the case, but he's been telling me that for quite a few months now. And if, I, if, I said to him, we are the most foresty team that would do you at our place. Oh, yeah. And if ever there was a team that was Spursy and it isn't Spurs, it's Arsenal. Uh, so that's uh, I, I, I'm thinking that the script's there for that to be a, a fun afternoon. Might not be, but we'll find Jamie, out. how are you seeing international break and the importance of it, and which way you'd run it if you were a certain Mister? You wake up tomorrow and you're Steve Cooper, like a really weird version of Big, and you're like going, "Bloody hell, what's happened to me?" Uh, but yeah, how uh, would you, uh, how'd you play it? I wouldn't mind waking up as Steve Cooper, to be honest with you. So you know, um, no, uh, but seriously, I, I um, it's a it's a good opportunity, as you say, to you know to kind of motivate the motivate the players to think about um these next coming games I think it's what wolves at home on the 1st of april leeds on the 4th it's, yeah for those who haven't seen them it's wolves at home first like you say then the 4th away at leeds and then villa at home away on the 8th so two three huge games you've got three huge games and anybody that thinks we're going to go to villa park especially and get something out of them it's going to be so difficult unai yeah. emery has really really whipped up the the villa lads to to become you know, I wouldn't say any means like a European bound team, but a side that will get into that top ten and we'll we'll stay there. I think. I think like you've said, in the game at Wolves, though, is he seems. I think they've stepped up Wolves a little bit from mm. where they were. Go on, Kim. It, it's like you said though, Ryan, earlier about everyone's got to play other teams. There are going to be teams now. The teams that are going to start winning games are going to be the teams down the bottom, and the teams that are going to start dropping points that you might have thought they had in the bag will be in the middle of the table because they, they start to lose. Uh, what they're playing for and they get comfortable it happens year on year um so villa might be an open and there might be an opportunity there to to catch a side but do, me trying to create scenarios can i just ask do you think do you think steve cooper ever likes to rocket up people's ass yeah i think he does he's behind brutal. the scenes and just keeps it quiet or what Stephen Reed said it quite quite openly i'm pretty sure that yeah. steve steve cooper's a very good man man manager and motivator but he'll It'll give you a kick up the arse if you need one. He can be brutal. I've seen him because all I've ever really seen of him that's been disapproving is a maybe a slight right. fuck's sake and a bemused look on the sideline. Oh, um, no. that beyond that, I've always kind of had this image of him. He's very much the arm around the shoulder guy. I don't. I don't think that. I, I, not that I'm. I, I think if he is, he's done a good job on you, Kieran, because he's he's got you into a false sense of security. <laughs> Coming around for tea and biscuits, but in fact, he's going to kick you in the face. <laughs> I like you on a night out in Newcastle. I mean, if we look at them games coming up, I say all of them tell their own story right now, though. On what with the twentieth of March, so Wolves at home. I'm going. That's a not lose. 
You know, is it a must win? It's a not lose. Keep them with a point. Keep us with a point. But, you know, it's one I'm hoping we do. Leeds away, I'm thinking we lose. Villa away, I'm thinking we lose. Man United at home, free swing. Liverpool away, fucking hell. Brighton at home, bloody hell, they're on fire. Brentford away, shit. Southampton at home, very foresty game to lose. Chelsea away, they're the meddlers this season. They're in a position, Chelsea, I sense to the other half who's a Chelsea fan, your season's done. Your season is now about fucking everyone else's seasons up. It's about going, we're going to ruin this for you. We're going to ruin that. You've given Southampton six points this season, Chelsea. Just get that into the edge. You've given Southampton six points. Uh, Arsenal at home, then Palace away. That could be a relegation decider. I mean, they're all at the minute evil games. But what's not to say that by Brentford on the 29th of April, that's all changed around. And Southampton haven't won a game since. Or Bournemouth haven't. Or we've won three. Do you know what I mean? So, Right now, we're sat in it in a very different position, aren't we, to what we could be looking at in two weeks. Well, not two weeks, a bit of no games, but do you know what I mean? It's this league is going to move and meander around like the thing, isn't it? Whoever wants to answer that, I did if there was even a question there. Of course, it is because as I've already said a couple of times, it's football, it's going to be as dramatic as possible. The script will be designed to give all of us heart attacks and run it right down to the wire because it's just how it goes. Um. I I I I'm gonna disagree. I think Wolves is a must win. I think that is must win at home. Um, we can't be settling for one point against teams that are very much in that mix at home. Um, I'm, I'm not suggesting we settle. I just think a draw isn't as bad as a loss, which I know that's an obvious one. Yeah, Southampton for some reason at home. I think we should win, and that's just because of we beat them away. I think, and I've also got it. I think they were piss poor when I saw them, but. Did we? Am I imagining this, or did we play Palace away on the last day of the season? Like, was it Billy's last year before we went into playoffs? I just remember McGoldrick scoring a world in. Could have, you know? I, can't, I remember, I remember coming up with them one season. I remember things like that, the odd bits and bobs with them. But that could be, that could I be. Can't nasty, remember, I can't remember. I can't remember it was the, the last game or not, but there was definitely a game in the running uh, that season. A return to Selhurst Park for the last game. Here's hoping. Well, listen, let's let's have a look at a final come into this. I say it's a bit early to do predictions for it, but as it stands, let's say we've got an idea of some players who may be back on the pitch. How do you fancy Jamie us going into Wolves at home on Saturday, the 1st of April with a bit of a rest, a bit of a pep talk and not because Guardiola's coming down, obviously, but, um, you know, what, what do you see that game coming up as the next one? I fancy us for it. I think that... Um... It's always going to be tasty at home against Wolves. That that cup draw has really, really upped the stakes even more from just a, a relegation battle, three points at stake. This is a this is a personal thing now. Um, they're like this year's Huddersfield in a way, so they want to be careful because they could yeah. be crushed and burned in about two seasons if they're not here. I've been to Molyneux. I, I'm not saying anything more. It's <laughs> it's nothing impressive. But um, I, I I think that well, Morgan's going to be black and blue in the morning uh, when he wakes up. He's going to be kicked the hell out of um, by those former colleagues of his but um, it's going to be a really tough game but I, I think we could get something from it you're obviously going to have two players suspended in Johnny and uh, Mateus Nunez which is obviously a, a plus um, especially Mateus Nunez out of everybody no disrespect to Johnny but he's much better and he's also called Johnny however good he is that is a player called Johnny which I still can't get over that's the name of someone who looks after a garden in a children's fairy tale but anyway go on <laughs> yeah there is that there is that side to it yeah so I I as Kieran says, we need to get three points from that game. And I think it's realistic. But this part of my brain saying, well, Wolves, look at their team. They are way too good to be oh. on paper, to be going into a, a relegation battle. But then you go, well, that, that Cunha guy up front, I don't know if he's injured or what, but I don't know if he's actually scored for like months and months and months. Mm. And then, you you know, 
all you ever hear about from Wolves really is Neves getting the odd shot from outside the box and scoring. And then you don't hear about them for months on end. So I don't understand. It's a really weird team that I think is incredibly underachieving, even with such a brilliant manager that they have. It's just strange. But we've got to go and get some. Could you argue, argue that a bit with a team like Leeds as well, though, Kieran? Because I mean, I know I've not been, I have my eye on the Premier League as much as I should have, because I've been a championship boy for what seems like all my life. But a lot of that Leeds and Wolves team they're playing, I was going, who the fuck is that? Who's, I've never heard of them. Who's that? What what would you say like Leeds' strengths are? Things like I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't know. It's not like the days of Lucas Radabian, Tony Yaboa, and David Batty, and God knows what I knew them all. Leeds away is a horrible place most of the time, especially on a Tuesday, you know, whatever it's a Tuesday or something now, 7.45. Wolves and Leeds, what would you be happy with out of those two games? I'd uh, bite your hand off for four points. Would you be happy with two? Mm, probably not. See, I'd be happy that we got a point at Leeds, but then I'd be annoyed. That we wouldn't be yeah, annoyed. No, I don't. I don't think two points is enough out of that, and we need to come out of our rut, and we need to come out of it as quickly as possible to just build a bit of confidence and hopefully have some momentum for the the running. Um, Leeds away though, that's that's a Forest fans dream and nightmare. That's a flip a coin kind of game. If yeah. you were hoping for us to maybe score more than. Um, more than one goal anywhere on the road this season, probably Ellen Road. We've, we've got previous for it. Our fans will be well up for it. Um, wouldn't wouldn't rule it out. Just have some shots. If Steve Cooper isn't showing them highlights of Adlin Gediora and Gareth McCleary tearing yeah. that side apart. Um, I remember yeah. that night as well, Kieran. I remember not thinking we were getting anything from that game. And I was like, what's the fucking score? Was that the Victor Chandler shirts? You know, with the like... Yeah, the... With the candy socks. Yeah. yeah. It was the, oh. the McLaren year after oh, he'd God. left. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was Cotterill, wasn't it? That was... I, I remember that night because I was uh, I was living with a Leeds fan. Um, and it That's was... That helps. What a game. What a game. He had oh, the roof right next to me as well, so just banging on the wall. And if you um, don't remember, like they did horrible things to the baby Brian Clough. So, uh, as you say, so they always deserve whatever they deserve, and they they couldn't yeah. be the worst set of fans in the world. So, well, maybe potentially. Um, chaps, I'm going to sort of wrap it up in a minute, but I just want to know what you're going to do in the international break. You're looking forward to uh, some international football? <laughs> That's not a real question. Um, if you could bring back any of the Forest players that are currently actually injured, and you know they're going to be back for the Wolves game, who you're picking right now, Jamie? Who are you going for? Who do you oh, want God. back? On the spot, I'm going to go for Tyro In he comes, Kieran. Tyro, Tyro. Yeah, I think yeah. I think in other areas can handle other bits, and I know I've skirted some of your team team building and other questions stuff we did. Uh, listen, as always, thank you for listening. If you have, thank you, Jamie, for joining us, mate. I hope you uh, didn't find that too painful, son. <laughs> Absolutely loved it. No, thank you for the invitation. Great to talk to you and Kieran. So uh, yeah, thank you for having me on. No go. I hope, I hope we get to speak to you again, Kieran. Uh, many more dog walks on the horizon. Oh, several, mate, several. Well, at least 90 minutes a day, isn't he? Well, of course, he's a big lad, isn't he? So I, I should know how that feels. Uh, listen, all the best as well to your papa and all that, mate, as you're saying, and from all of us and all the other Reds as well. And we will speak to you all soon. And uh, you Reds. Yes. Reds. 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 Reds.